So today we are going to be going back and talking about therapy talks. Last last week we did like a vote and it was so freaking close that I was like, okay, they clearly want a therapy talks session again. Uh, therapy talks was like one of my most popular uh, before. I think because I, I don't know why I think people want to go to therapy, but they're scared to go to therapy. So when they can hear the lessons from other people, they, it's like, it's like almost like free therapy. <laughs> it's not real therapy, but you know what I mean? So I think last, last time, let me check the votes from last time. Yeah. Last time it was 51% imposter syndrome, 49% therapy talks. So y'all wanted therapy talks. Okay. So today we're going to be talking about that. Um, Someone said, girl, I have too many expenses, so you give it to me for free. <laughs> I'm dead. Yeah, therapy is definitely expensive, um, if you, especially if you want a good therapist, but it has been life-changing for me, and I don't remember what I talked about last time in the beginning. I know what topics I talked about, but I did always think that therapy was a taboo. Like before getting into therapy, I literally thought that you had to be fucked up to go to therapy. Like I swear, like I was that person. I was that ignorant person that literally thought that. Like I remember um, a while ago, I was at like, I was like out with some friends that I wasn't super close with, but they were my friends. And one of them started talking about how she went to therapy. And I was in my head, I was like, damn, she must have, her, her childhood must have been like really fucked up. Like literally that's the first thing I thought is I was like, damn, she must have really had a fucked up life, you know? And it's so crazy because like I need and a few months after that, I needed therapy and I actually messaged her and I was like, babe, um, what's that therapist that you were talking about again? I have a friend who needs to go to therapy. Um, they just went through like a really bad breakup. So I literally lied. I lied that my friend needed therapy so that I could get the number because I was too embarrassed to actually ask for the number for myself. Like that's how... I guess taboo, I thought therapy was. So once I started going, I was hush hush about it. Literally nobody knew. And then I randomly listened to this podcast and maybe you're listening to this podcast right now. And that's why I'm saying this because I randomly listened to this podcast and this woman was talking about how she was accrediting all of her business success to the fact that she went to therapy. She said that therapy completely transformed her business. She didn't go to therapy for business, but as a result of the changes that she made in herself, she saw massive, massive changes in her business. And that's what got her to the level of success that she wanted to get, that she got to. And I was like, whoa, like this can help my business. Like, you know, and as soon as I heard that, it's almost like uh, I, I got like a confirmation that it's okay to talk about it. And I was like, okay, other people need to know about this too, because I have transformed so much. My business has transformed so much. Just me and as in general, like literally like a 360, like I'm a different person. Like if you knew me three years ago, we're gonna have to reintroduce ourselves because I'm a different bitch nowadays. You know, like I'm personally developed. I'm like, I'm in control of my emotions. I'm expressive of my emotions. Like literally I am so different. And if I could accredit it to, I, I would accredit it to two things and it's number one therapy, number two, W5, like literally those two things are what completely changed me as a person, right? So with that being said, it is not easy. A lot of people run away from it because it is not easy to face yourself. It's like looking at yourself emotionally naked, like, you know, like completely bared down. And it is a very difficult thing to do. It can trigger a lot of 
you know, old wounds and it, it can be difficult to, to process, right? So for that reason, a lot of people don't do it or they avoid doing it because it really is challenging. So last time we talked about, it was a little while ago, but we talked about childhood trauma. Was anybody on that call? Childhood trauma, pain bodies, and um, judgment, how judgment is projection. Was anybody on that? Okay, yeah. So I don't want to go over the same topics because I actually wrote out a list of like every kind of category of things that I learned from therapy. So those are some of the things that we talked about last time. So I, today I want to talk about a few different things. Um, I'm going to, I didn't like super plan it, but I, I do want to talk about codependency. Okay. Does anybody know what codependency is? Anybody know or experience codependency before? It is extremely, extremely common. And it's something that I didn't realize that I had until I went to therapy. Okay. I have a very codependent family or had very codependent family relationship. I wouldn't equate it to toxic, but it can be. I wouldn't equate it to toxic. Somebody said toxic in the chat. As somebody said, I struggled with it my whole life. Yes, I was in one. Um, Amelia said need, need so uh, or etching. Oh, need something to make you feel void or you depend on something or someone. That's that's pretty good, right? So it's like this overwhelming desire, okay? This overwhelming need to be in connection with someone, right? And, or it comes in different forms. The most common form is that you put yourself before others at, at the, at the like um, detriment of yourself, my mama and me had to go to therapy because we were so codependent on each other. Yeah, my family uh, is code codependent as well. I feel like now I've completely grown from it, but definitely was very, very codependent. And codependency in its simplest form is the loss of self by caring and doing more for others than you do for yourself. The loss of self by caring more for others than you do for yourself. Now we get taught in society to, to that selfishness is a bad thing. Selfishness get, gets a bad rep, right? That we're not supposed to be selfish, that we're supposed to help others and give others. And yes, you are, but never at the detriment of yourself. When you start losing yourself in the process of helping somebody else, that's when it's codependency and that's when it's not healthy for you, right? When you don't do anything for yourself unless someone is doing it with you or make decisions for yourself, without someone else's approval. Wow, yeah, that's a big one too, without somebody else's approval. It's all dependent on the connection with someone else. I think we talked about that last time, right? We talked about that last time, needing to have somebody's approval for something. And, and I used to need that a lot. Even sometimes I still need it a lot. Like asking people for their advice on something, like making sure that you get them to like back it up, right? Um, but I think one of the biggest things of codependency is, is, is putting other people about ab above you. And I'll give you some examples of that, like in relationships, for example, like I did this a lot with my, my, um, ex that I talk about so many times, but I did this a lot with my past relationship because I was, because I was codependent in my family dynamic, I ended up being codependent in my relationship dynamic. So my family dynamic I would get extremely upset if some if the relationship wasn't going well, if we were fighting, if we were arguing, if they weren't doing something, if they weren't doing things the way that I wanted them to do them, 
wanted them to do something, I would get extremely upset. Like I would get really like, like a deep irritation. Like I would li- like, like, a, like a ruin your whole motherfucking day irritation, right? If I am trying to get them to do something a certain way because they're doing it wrong or they're like not like they're, they're doing something that is not good for themselves and I'm trying to fix it. It's like this need to fix, like this need to fix or help. You know, I had that need. And when they are not in a position where they're happy, um, you're not happy because you're codependent on their emotions. So in my family dynamic, I was like that. When my family wasn't happy, I was not happy. And I was very extremely attached to their happiness, to their state of mind, to whatever they were going through. So if I wasn't feeling like if they weren't feeling good or they were struggling in their life or, and they weren't like, let's say some of the people in my family would literally be struggling in their life and not willing to fix it. So of course they were unhappy. So I would get frustrated and it would affect my happiness. Like I literally couldn't be happy if they weren't happy. It was like, that's that, that's that codependent. And then that trickled onto relationships. Oh my God. If I was in a fight with my ex, even if it was a small fight, I could not fucking function. Like literally my brain would not operate properly. Like it would like something, I, I felt like my, my, the wires in my brain would like malfunction, literally malfunction. I couldn't think straight. I couldn't concentrate. I couldn't be happy. Everything was so dependent on us being on good terms. If we were not on good terms, then I was not good. And it affected everything that I did, my business, my, my relationships with other people in my life, my mood. Like I, if we were fighting for a few days or a week, I would have a shitty ass week, right? Aww. She said, crying already. I'm currently overcoming this with my son at times. He's on the spectrum, so it goes beyond simply motherhood. Yeah, and you know, like you definitely can feel that with your with your kids. And, and it, I'm assuming, I'm not a mom, but I'm assuming it's the most difficult with your kids because you care about them and you love them so much and you want them to, to, to do well. But at the end of the day, your happiness cannot depend on anybody else's happiness. It doesn't matter if it's your child, your parent, your boyfriend, your, your wife, it doesn't matter what it is. Your happiness cannot depend on other people's happiness because you can't control them. You can't fix their mood. You can't fix their problem. They're not fixable. That's another thing I learned in therapy. You cannot change somebody. You simply cannot. And it is not your job to. I remember asking my therapist, well, like, I really had somebody in my family that I wanted to go to therapy really bad. And I was asking them for so long to go to therapy. And they were like, oh, that's stupid. I, I don't want to go to therapy, that, 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 whatever. And I wanted them to go so bad because I know that if they learned these lessons, their life would change and it would become easier. And they just they didn't want to do it. And <clears throat> as a result, I like I, I felt like like I felt bad. Like I really wanted them. I'm just going to get my slippers, but my feet are cold. But I really wanted them to go to therapy because I wanted them to, to change. I wanted to fix them. I wanted them to be better, right? Because if they were happier, I would be happier. And I remember my, my therapist telling me, well, you can't, you, can't, you can't change somebody. And I'm like, well, what if they never change? What if they literally go through their whole life being the way that they are and they never change? And they always have these problems. 
They always have these barriers. They always live this unfulfilled, unhappy life. What if that happens? Because that was my fear that like my some people in my family would like literally live their whole life like that and never have a breakthrough. And it saddened me because I, I can see so much potential in them, but they're just not willing to work on, on, on the things that are or inside of them, right? The, the things that, that, that are stopping them from being great. And, and my therapist was like, so I asked like, what if they never, what if they never change? What if they never have a breakthrough? What if they end up literally living their whole life and dying like this, like in this state? And um, she was like, well, then that's their path. And that shit like hit me. Like, I don't know what it was, but that hit me so much because I had spent like majority of my life trying to fix the people in my family, right? Trying to fix them. Not because like a selfish need, but I, I wanted them to live a better life for them, you know? And I, I spent so much time trying to fix them and being unhappy because they were unhappy. And, you know, I realized that, that like that, that's their path. If that's their path, that's their path. I cannot control how they live their life. No matter how bad you want it, it is not your responsibility to fix somebody else. And that's also codependency. And if you're healed from that, you can separate. Like now, I can separate my happiness from their happiness. They could be going through a hard time and it doesn't affect my happiness. Am I like saddened to see them go through a hard time? Of course, of course I love them, but it doesn't affect my personal happiness because I've learned to disconnect enough so that I can protect myself. Cause you don't deserve to live an unhappy life because someone else is not willing to do the work. You don't deserve that, right? And even in, like I talked about this last time, when you're in a plane, and that, that airbag drops, who do you put the airbag on first? You or the child? And someone said the child, right? On the call last week, because that's what they thought. But it's you, because if you don't help yourself first, you cannot be of help to anybody else. If you pass out, like, and literally from, from lack of air, trying to help other people, then what use are you, right? You have to help yourself first. It is, it, is, it, it is necessary to be selfish for your survival and so that you can actually be impactful to other people. So these codependency roots, and I'll give you some more examples in, in relationships, but the, the roots of this codependency often start in childhood and then they branch into adulthood as many other things, right? So a child in a, in a controlling dynamic, you know, like we talked about in the love energy uh, call where like maybe you have parents that are intimidators or interrogators, or you have parents that are in a controlling dynamic, it kind of forces you to be a, you at a young age, at a very young age, you start to learn how to read and scan your family members moods so that you can act accordingly to keep the peace or to continue to get attention from them. It's like, it's like wired in your brain because they may have acted out or maybe they weren't controlling, but they just acted out or you got yelled at or 
you got scolded for whatever thing. So you start to learn how to, how to scan and read their moods so that you can change your behavior to keep the peace. And that ends up going into adulthood. That was a very big one for me. I was always like, oh, I'm not confrontational. I'm not confrontational. I don't like to cause problems. No, what you, what you are is you're literally scared of, you're, you're scared of losing the connection. You're scared of losing the love. So you're not willing. So you're willing to sacrifice your authenticity to maintain the love. You understand what I'm saying? Like, like you literally are willing to go against what you believe and feel and, and what you want to say to maintain the love, to maintain the connection. And that's, that's people pleasing. That's codependency. I had that very much. Jazz knows that I had a very, very strong people pleasing. I'm a lot better now, but obviously sometimes it still comes there. <clears throat> Somebody said, my daughter's father likes to tell my daughter things that I don't talk about or even tells her that I don't love her or want her around. That's why I feel him in, in the first place. I needed to get away from this toxic trait. That's why I left him, I'm assuming. Or Yeah. Yeah. See, like it, it's, it's, it's these things like that. And so we learn these things from childhood. And if you are codependent, which a lot of people are, you start to have these beliefs that you must sacrifice all the time. And you become very good at sacrificing or doing to others what they they would have what you would have wanted them to do to you, treating others the way that you wanted them to, would have wanted them to treat you. But you forget that you have to receive and give in, in, a, in a cycle, in a flow. If you like, like, for example, I often blocked blessings in my life because I always wanted to give, 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 give and never take. So if people offer to pay for something, even on dates, I would literally fucking arm wrestle them to not pay. So that because I felt like I needed to be independent or I needed to, you know, uh, not not I didn't feel like I deserved subconsciously. I didn't feel like I deserved that. And you're actually blocking your flow of abundance. I don't know if you know that. So now when my friends offer, I'm like, yo, don't offer because I can't say no. Okay. Because you literally block your flow of abundance. If somebody is offering you money and you're saying no, you're blocking the flow of abundance. You're literally blocking the flow of money into your life. Everything is a cycle. Everything is flow. Everything is give and receive. So you give money and you receive money. Right? You give love and you receive love. So if you block love, you're blocking the flow. If you block compliments, you're blocking the flow. Right? You have to learn how to give and receive. If you block help, you're blocking the flow. So um, again, this goes into your adult relationships. And, and it mentioned in, 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 uh, in therapy, she mentioned even Jesus, if, and if, if you're religious or not religious, this is just an example, but even Jesus had to retreat to the mountains and the ocean to replenish himself after long days of healing others. So even he, who is coined as someone who is so selfless, had to go and take care of himself before he had to pour into his cup before he could pour into other people's cups. And then some codependent people, they go to the other extreme, right? So some codependent people are extremely want to help people that they, they, they 
lose themselves, they lose their authenticity, and other codependents are kind of the opposite. They 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 offer advice and tell people what to do without even being asked because they have this like childhood need, this this deeply rooted need to fix everything. Fix everything around them. And so that's another extreme of codependency as well. You want to fix, 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 fix everything around you. Right? When... Oh, I love that. Monique said, so many of us are making so many deposits into, into other people's accounts that we're leaving ourselves overdrafted because you aren't accepting deposits but continuously withdrawing. Facts. And let me tell you, those overdraft draft fees are not cute, <laughs> right? So this codependency stemmed from my family ended up going into my relationship. So some examples of that were like, in my relationship, I literally felt like I had to change myself to be, to be more loved by him, okay? I, I felt like I had to do that. I felt like there was something that I needed to change. I, you know, I went into the relationship as who I was, and then in order to maintain the connection, I started changing who I was, right? Like, I'll give you guys some examples, but I remember he was super insecure about uh, being friends with other men, right? And again, this thing that we talked about earlier, sacrifice, you, you thought, uh, you, you get told your whole life, you get told your whole life that you need to sacrifice. The relationships are not perfect. You're not gonna find the perfect person. You gotta sacrifice. You gotta, you know, uh, compromise on certain things. Yes, I agree, but not compromise on your authenticity. And that's what I was doing because I thought, because I loved him so much, I thought that compromising was and sacrificing certain things just came with that love, right? Because he was a good man and because he was loyal and because he was family oriented and because he loved me and he checked all these boxes, I thought exactly being submissive. I thought that I would have to do certain things that maybe aren't my favorite because I get all of these amazing things, right? And yes, there is some sort of compromise, but not to the degree where you're sacrificing your authenticity. So at some point I was so brain warped into, you know, actually believing that I shouldn't talk to men, right? I shouldn't talk to men. And I had, I didn't have a lot. I had a few guy friends. And I remember one of the guy friends was messaging me and I literally didn't respond to him. I ignored him for like multiple times that he, that, that he messaged me, just left him on red. And he, he ended up un, unfollowing me and we ended up stopped being friends because of that. Because of course, your friend is leaving you on red after you message them three times. And this is someone that I've been friends with for years. But I, I allowed the connection with me and my fiance at the time to be more important than my authenticity. Of course, like you don't like being friends with like guys or whatever, but these are people that I've been friends with before I even met him. Did I truly believe that it was wrong to be friends with guys? No, but I compromised on that. I compromised on my authenticity to maintain the connection, to maintain him being happy and him continuing to love me. That's codependency. You start changing yourself. Literally. But you have to understand that love doesn't have rules and regulations. 
being authentic in a relationship is the most important thing. The person that is right for you is not going to have rules and rules and conditions for their love. They're not going to love you conditionally based on who you hang out with, what you do, what you wear. And it was things like that too, how I dressed. You know, I started changing how I dressed so that it would be more accommodating to what he liked. I started, um, uh, um, you know, not traveling as much, which is completely not me. Like, if you guys know me, you know I travel. There was even times, I, and, and Jazz knows this, she found out year, later where we had booked a trip and I literally canceled and lied and said it was something else because he didn't feel comfortable with me going. And to be honest, even saying this to you guys is like embarrassing because it's literally embarrassing to me that I even did that. But at the time, mentally, I was just so codependent. I was so attached to his love that I was willing to do whatever to maintain it. And as a result, over time, I literally started to lose myself. I literally started to lose myself. I started looking at myself like, who am I? Like, I'm so, I'm so different. I, I started being more quiet. I started being more reserved. I started being less social. I started, you know, just the things that made me who I was, it, 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 I was less of that. I was less of that because I wanted to maintain the love. And that's, I talked about this many times before because I didn't love myself enough. That's that codependency. I was putting his needs above mine. Right? Of course, exactly. So the person that loves you is not going to have rules and conditions for their love. And I see that 100% with the relationship that I'm in now. No, there's no rules. There's no conditions. There's no things that I had to change. If anything, I was very strong on maintaining my authenticity in this relationship. And it just feels so liberating. It is a completely different feeling. Love should feel liberating. Because in my past relationships, when I would resist to him trying to change me, he didn't like that. But when I was moving towards you know, his ideas and the things that he believed, he would like me even more. So you almost get addicted to this like love that they're giving you when you're conforming, when you're being submissive to what they want. And sometimes you'll notice this as when they, when they're grandiose or when they're, when they're exaggerating, you know, um, when people are extremely, extremely exaggerating. And that's how my past relationship was when they're exaggerating how much they love you or care for you or just like love bombing you, right? Does, that, does anybody know what love bombing is? It's when they give a huge outpour of love and then they, at some point they stop that outpour. So it's like, it's almost like a drug. They're, they're giving you so much love. They're, they're, they're pouring and pouring and pouring and pouring. And when they stop, it's almost like you're in withdrawal, like literally, like you get a high off of it and then you're in withdrawal and then you feel like you need it. And then what you do is you literally latch onto them and do anything that you can to get that love back. And it's on a subconscious level. You don't realize that you're doing it. And I remember my dad even told me like after, after we broke up that he didn't like the, the, the grandioseness. Like he would be, my, my ex would be so over the top, like so over the top, like, um, like, and it felt really good at the time, but I didn't realize that it was love bombing. Right. And I didn't realize, I don't even think he knew, I don't think he was doing it maliciously. I think that's just how he, he it was, it was, he, it was subconsciously manipulative. Right. And 
he would like say all these things like you're the most beautiful girl in the world and and this and like like I like pouring so much love that you literally are, are like on a high like literally on a high like I remember we would be in public and he would scream my name out loud that I was the most beautiful girl in the world and I thought it was the cutest fucking thing in, ever like I thought it was so cute but my 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 dad opened up my eyes later on and said a person who loves you so extravagantly and exaggerates so much will also hate you so extravagantly. And that was so true because when he was angry, he was a completely different person. So when they're over the top in the love, they're going to be over the top in the hate as well. Right? I don't even know what sign. Someone says giving a cancer. I actually don't even know what sign he was. I don't follow signs, but that's funny. Um, so a, a person who is authentic, and my therapist talked about this, a guy who is authentic is going to see your beauty and going to see your flaws, right? They're not gonna, they're not gonna have to exaggerate. They can see your beauty without you being the most beautiful in the world, right? It doesn't have to be, over the top extravagant okay and so these are some things that 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 happened throughout that that where i was losing that codependency and that authenticity is just being your true self being your true self as much as possible and like that's something that i noticed a lot in that relationship and when i left I made sure that I was going to maintain that authenticity because a love where I wasn't authentic just wasn't worth it. It really just wasn't worth it. And so you have to look at your relationships and how you're acting in them and realize what it is. It's, it doesn't mean that they're a bad person. It doesn't mean, but it, it's your, you attract everything in your life, everything, the money that you're currently making, the relationships that you have, you attract everything, take responsibility for it. I attracted him. It is not his fault. I attracted him. And not only did I attract, I allowed him to treat me the way that he treated me. So I take full responsibility for the outcome of that relationship. Because if you don't take responsibility, you can't change it. Then you're stuck in the same loophole, attracting the same type of person right? But I know that I attracted that. My energy, I did not love myself enough, which is why I attracted a man that couldn't love me the way I needed to be loved. I didn't love myself enough. I had a hole that needed to be filled, a void, and he, he had the characteristics to fill it. He had the manipulative, narcissistic tendencies to fill it. I attracted that. If I didn't have that hole, like I would not have, I would not have attracted him. Right? It is a hard pill to swallow, but it's the truth. So if you continue to attract the same type of person, and this doesn't mean romantic relationships, and maybe some of you guys are happily married, but it also means friendships. Are you continuing to attract the same type of friendships, the toxic friendships, or people that don't care about you? People that, are you continuing to attract that? Are you continuing to attract situations, right? It's all on you at the end of the day. Someone said in the chat, I saw that I felt like I was living in an imposter syndrome. 
I felt like that too. Because I literally didn't know that what I was going through wasn't normal. I was manipulated into believing that it was. And because I loved him so much, I put his needs above mine. Like, as I was saying about the codependency in the beginning, I was cared for him so much that I lost myself. And I was willing to do whatever it takes to make sure that he was happy and he was good because I loved him. And, you know, my therapist even says that codependency looks like love, but it wasn't, it's not really love. Now, I, I personally think that I did still love him, but she's giving examples of maybe it was just an attachment, right? And, and, and a codependent attachment, which I do feel like the reason why it was such a strong pull, it was like a gravitational pull where I felt like this person was literally created on the earth for me. Like I literally felt like the, the God universe, whatever made this person for me. That gravitational pull was codependency, was a need to be loved because I did not love myself enough, 100%. Because true love is liberating. True love feels very liberating. It's a different feeling, right? Um, trauma bonding love. And you block him later or what? <laughs> I didn't block him, but I did exercise a lot of restraint. Um, I never messaged him or anything like that. But you, but you learn how to attract. I'm done with something y'all saying in the chat. I'm done with this toxic stuff. Yep. Realizing that I attracted everything, including toxic people. And you know what? Jackie said, these situations teach us how to love ourselves to the purest form. I do believe that he was created for me. I do believe that, you know, everyone in your life, is a mirror or a messenger. And I, I believe that he came, he came into my life to teach me a, a very valuable lesson, right? I would not be like all the pain that I endured. I would not be the woman I am today if it wasn't for that relationship. I would not, I literally would not be because I wouldn't have a reason to change. I wouldn't have a reason to learn how to love myself. But because of all the pain that I experienced, the heartbreak that I experienced, the depression that I experienced, I literally, it triggered me into action. It triggered me to change something. It triggered me to learn about myself. It triggered me to change what was going on inside so that I would be able to not go through that again. And I learned to love myself. I became so much more confident. I like, you guys know, I used to be so insecure about my body. I, I, I love my body. I'm so much more confident. I'm so much more emotionally aware of all the things that happen around me. So if it wasn't that relate, if it wasn't for that relationship, I wouldn't be where I am today. And I'm so grateful for it. I don't hate him. I, I still have love for him. I, I don't think he's a bad person. I think he's just someone who was in pain and our pains attracted each other. Right. And, and duplicated and, and, you know, so I don't think he's a bad person. I don't think anybody is bad. They're just in pain. Right. And I, and I'm grateful for the lessons because I wouldn't be the confident Dre that you see today. The, the woman that loves herself that you see today, I would not be that woman. Right. Sarah Lynn said, if I only knew what a narcissist was 17 years ago, I wouldn't be where I am now. <laughs> see, but now, you know, friends, so we have to go through those things to learn, 
right? Um, start start with a book called Love Yourself Like Your Life Depends on It. I like that. Someone someone DM me that after a second. Uh, uh, listen to it. I was with my ex for 22 years from high school, four beautiful children. I walked away five years ago and built myself back. It was the hardest thing I've ever gone through. Yeah, definitely. It was the hardest thing that that I've gone through too. And but it was the most the, the hardest things are the things that built you build you the most. You know that your pain is your power. All of the pain that you experience in your life was literally written for you. So that you can become the person that you were always meant to be. Your pain is literally your power. So embrace it. It is teaching you so many lessons. Right? I love it. A mirror and a messenger. I love the 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 the, the, the chat. That's it for the call today. You know, therapy talks is more casual. And um, I really hope you guys, I went deep into codependency. I was going to talk about some other stuff too, but I went really deep into codependency. And I think it's a very important topic uh, for us to realize and just start to work on it. Like everything else that I've talked about, it always always starts with awareness. Starting to with just being aware of what's happening and why you're feeling something, why you're doing something. Like, even if you are putting somebody before you, just start being aware of it. That's it. And over time, you will adapt and you will change. Okay. Um, if you're listening to the Wake Up With W Fab podcast, uh, thank you so much for tuning in. We appreciate when you share our podcast and tag us. Um, and we love you for tuning in.